Yo, 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 what's good? Thank you for coming to the House of Barf. I'm Chan Man. And before we get started, I would just like to emphasize that the content that we share on House of Barf is for informational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors and the information provided should not be considered as professional financial advice. Investing and financial decisions involve risk. And it's crucial to do your own research or consult with a qualified professional before making any financial choices. The opinions expressed on House of Barf are, are of our, our own and do not reflect the views of any organizations that we may be affiliated with. Please remember that past performance is not indicative of future results and the financial landscape can change rapidly. Always conduct thorough due diligence and seek financial advice from a financial advisor tailored to your personal needs and circumstances. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the host and in the future, if we have any guests, are not responsible for any financial decisions you make as a result of the information presented on House of Barf. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Yo, 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 what's good? Chairman House of Barf, back at my laptop. Good, I'm trying to hurry up and log in. 9.30 is about to be here. All right, um... Of course, I hope everybody's doing great. Uh, just getting everything put up. I like to um, I like to try to share opening bell with y'all. You know what I'm saying? And seriously, we're really going to get back into the research of House of Barf because that's really what it's about. Again, starting a new year off. If you haven't came across House of Barf, um, House of Barf is um, the the acronym stands for Business Accounting Regulation and Finance. It does have a play on words. Uh, um, uh, considering, um, when, uh, if I do get this thing up and popping, which I, I may try to actually put a little bit more energy into House of Barf, uh, this year by actually like, I don't know, doing like research prior to, or something, I don't know, actually putting something together before I hop on. I really don't want to do that. I, I really try to just keep it as authentic as possible. Uh, but we'll see how we change things uh, coming up into the new year. Um, I just may keep it the same as it is. I'm, let me go ahead and get up CNBC, see what they're talking about. Um, let me see what the Schwab Network talking about first. Investor checking. The checking account. All right. for they're on commercial break. Let me see what they're talking about. Okay, they're on commercial break as well. All right, so we're going to get this pulled up. It looks like opening bell is no more than... A uh, minute and a half away. It's approximately 9.28 um, Eastern Standard Time, uh, January 4th, 2024. Um, uh, let me get all this put up. Um, so, yeah, a few topics that I definitely do want to touch on going into the new year. Definitely tightening up on uh, fundamental analysis. Um, uh and also bond trading. I'm going to tighten that up as well. And several other things. I'm also working on Forex. Let me see. I put in a hedge um, before I left because I knew I wasn't going to be able to pay attention to it because um, I got I was busy. And I was like, man, let me just put in a hedge so that if it does happen to keep shooting up, I got the short position in. Uh, it's fine. Um, okay, short positions in. Still losing. All right, cool. Let me go to uh, long position. 
Okay, all right, uh, and I'm up. Let me go ahead and close that position out. Um, great. Yeah, put that hedge in just in case. I was like, hey, just, just in case uh, I wasn't able to pay attention. Let me check to see what USDJPY is doing. Still, still looks to be shooting up. Um, uh, the my nine day uh, EMA uh, estimated. Um, what is it? Let me see. Um, was it estimate estimated moving average? What is it? Let me see. All right, there we go. All right, all right. So there goes my alarm, letting me know it's nine thirty a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, letting me know that the markets are now open. Fantastic. We're going to go ahead and get to it. Uh, let me uh, take a quick break. Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to do. Um, I got a glass of orange juice right here, Tropicana. Take a sip with y'all. Um, let me go ahead and get myself together real quick. Uh, and I'll be right back uh, when I hop into, let's just see real quick what my immediate uh, reaction to the markets are. Uh, okay, so get a little more oil and the APA patching by of Cal and Pete. I think it's very smart. Okay, CNBC is about 50 seconds behind me. Uh, these American companies are making some really shrewd moves. Okay, Okay, all right, so markets are now open. I'm gonna take a quick look right now. The investments that I'm currently in right now, Marathon Oil. Uh, right now, uh, my um, whoa, my long position. Oh, it came down just a little bit. I was up like 80, but now I'm good. I'm good. It's up right now. Um, doing cool on that. Uh, and my short put position is doing pretty well. Approximately right now, I have approximately 50% of the contract I sold with one day left. So, um, sold the contract for a dollar and right now I have about $50. So, um, our I sold it for a dollar. I have about 50 cents right now. And again, you multiply everything by a hundred. Um, so now we have the question of what do you do, uh, here real quick while I'm busy and I don't really feel like paying attention. I could just wait one day, see if I can get a hundred percent of the contract. But what I'm going to go ahead and do is it, I should have a working order in already. And I do have a working order in. So I have a stop at dollar uh, fifty. So what I'm going to go ahead and do is cancel and replace that order to move it from a dollar fifty up to at least a dollar. So at least if I break, I, I should, I should be nothing more than breaking even. But let me go ahead and take a look at that one more time because I may say, you know what? what, what's the contract worth right now? Um, let me see. Uh, give me a second. Uh, my contract right now is worth uh 50 cents yeah oh my goodness all right cool uh so i may move that up to like stop at mm, let's move it to like uh let's move it to like for right now i'll move it to like 75 cents uh stop out 75 cents that'll give me uh 25 dollars asap uh let me see let me take 30 
I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna put my stop at 70. I would put a trailing stop in. Uh, I may do that in a second, but let me go ahead and I'll just take. I'll take the 30. You know what? I'll take 40. I'll put it at 60. Yeah, I'll put it at 60. Let's do 65. Because uh, just in case it comes down some and then shoots it back up, I want to give it some room. So I'll do 65 and then a dollar minus 65 cents give, will give me 35 cents. So I'm going to go ahead and lock that in. Good to close. Uh, put that in. Stop. Loss. Um, so we're good. At least we locked in 35 uh, cents. Um, and then I have a limit order in at one cent. Um so that's a bracket order. So if it hits one cent today, buy the contract back. Uh, if it hits 65 cents, buy the contract back. So we pretty much locked in 35 cents. We're good to go on that. Uh, we'll probably go in and do some more trading. Let me see. My short put is at 25.50. Currently, the underlying is at 25.10. So currently, the contract is in the money. However, um, let me see. I sold it for a dollar. So uh, the person probably wants to see if it's going to hit 24.50, which it does not look like it's going to hit 24.50. Um, so that's why I haven't got it signed yet. And uh, for JetBlue, I saw the contract at uh, strike price six for 76 cents. Uh, and again, it's approximately 9.34 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, January 4th, 2024. Uh, and right now, JetBlue is trading at approximately five. So um i'm not sure this person may let the contract expire worthless um right now i'm down approximately 77 percent uh so um you know we'll just have to figure out where we go from there all right and i'll be taking a look at the markets um in just a second got a couple things i gotta do i'm gonna take a quick break please if you get the opportunity please support me uh through our, uh i don't have listener support um that's how bad the podcast is doing lost listener support um which is fine. It's fine. Uh, and then also, uh, I do have a children's book coming out. Uh, Langston Manson's Cool and Made Stand Adventure. Uh, received the first hard copy uh, phew, just a couple of days ago. Uh, and I was with a buddy of mine's. Um, and right then and there, my buddy was like, let me support. And uh, purchased uh, the first copy of the book. And uh, I signed it for him. And uh, called up my people and were like, hey, the first copy sold. Uh, when are we going to get more copies? And um, they said, uh, you know, they, they got to get the printing department together. Uh, the printing department is not in the same location as the, you know, whatever the publisher and whatever department. So they said, you just got to give them some time. And then um, I, I thought it was up on Amazon or whatnot as well. Um, but they said they, they got it. They're getting the marketing uh, team together on it. And they're going to get that up as well so we can have the ebooks the softbacks paperbacks whatever they're called and the hardbacks we're gonna get that all together um you know you know hitting these accomplishments it's crazy because um i mean sometimes you wonder how many more years would have i spent uh just i, I call it the commuter you know life uh, you know, and in a matter of seven, eight months, I feel like I've achieved more than I've achieved in the last, um, uh, besides, you know, the, um, you know, the family, which is, you know, falling apart. But besides that, um, you know, if nothing would have shaked up, I probably wouldn't have rocked the boat. I probably would have just kept the course, you know, stayed the course, stayed cool, 
you know, paid the bills on time and whatever, but it's really cool. So let me take a quick break. I'll be back. Thank you so much. This is Chairman House of Barf. Introducing the Listener Support Program, feeling the future and quality of House of Barf. Dear loyal listeners, at the House of Barf, we strive to bring you the most engaging, informative, and entertaining content every day into the world of business, accounting, regulation, and finance. We strive to provide you with expert knowledge, practical tips, and thought-provoking discussions to help you excel in your financial endeavors. We are dedicated to fostering meaningful conversations, sharing valuable insights, and creating a community of like-minded individuals who are passionate about business, accounting, regulation, and finance. Producing high-quality content requires dedication, resources, and effort from a talented team of one, me, but in the future, you know, hopefully I'll have a team. That's why we are excited to introduce our listener support program. This initiative allows you, our cherished audience members, to play a pivotal role in shaping the future and the content and assuring House of Bar's sustainability. In the future, becoming a supporter, you'll be able to enjoy a range of exclusive benefits. Benefits that I'm hoping to be able to bring eventually, early access to episodes, um, access to episodes that are not, you know, public, uh, you know, that are not accessible to everyone, possibly even um, create better content. And then all those mistakes I make, maybe I'll put them in a separate episode. You'll be able to get some behind the scenes stuff Um, uh, and other uh, exclusive um, um, things such as merchandise. Possibly I have, uh, you know, a children's book coming out, maybe able to offer that Uh, your support goes directly towards enhancing the quality of our content, expanding our reach, our research and investing in new resources and technology to bring you even better experiences. Your contribution will help us continue to deliver thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and insightful inter... Oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, may, in the future, may possibly interview someone. Uh, that will keep you engaged and inspired. Join me, us... In shaping the future of House of Barf by becoming a supporter today. Your generosity empowers us to keep our conversations alive and ensures that we can contribute to provide valuable content to audiences around the United States and hopefully in the future of the world. To support us, simply visit podcasters.spotify.com. Then you can get to House of Barf. Um, also, it is on Spotify. And um, support this podcast and become a supporter and choose a membership tier that aligns with your preferences. Every contribution, no matter how small or how big, makes a meaningful impact and is deeply appreciated. Thank you for being an essential part of our journey. With your support, we can reach new heights and create content that truly resonates with you, our incredible listeners. God bless. Happy listening. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Again, if you would like, you can visit podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash Chan hyphen man seven 
And you can go to support this podcast and become a supporter today. Thank you. You can also reach me at c287gph at gmail.com. Thank you again. You have a wonderful day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? It's Chairman Hustle Barf. What's poppin'? Uh, applied for a job real quick. Uh, just got an email back. I'm not going to say who it's from or the, the firm. You know, I've had kind of some issues of playing like, man, getting back in the office is going to be some bullshit. All right. So apply for the job. And when I get the email that, you know, hey, we're interested in talking to you. There's just no on there that says uh, we would like for the individual to live within about a 50 mile radius of our offices. The remote is fully remote, but they still want you to live um, in the vicinity of the office. I basically told them like, hey, I apologize. I didn't realize that was going to be a requirement. Um, And then they wrote me back uh, here real quick. Um, Hey Chandler, thank you for reaching out. I noticed your location, but there have been some applicants that expect to move if offered the position. This role is fully remote, but the residency is required within 50 miles of one of our sites. If you aren't able to meet that requirement, this role isn't a good fit for you. I was like, mm, I don't know. I was kind of like, yeah, that just sounds like an office response to me. I'm sorry. It's just so those office responses just rub me in the wrong direction. I don't know. It could just be me. I, I know I'm a very sensitive individual. Um, and I just wrote back to him like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to meet those requirements at this time. And it's for most, it's, it's not just because, I mean, and trust me, the role, no offense, it was not going to pay that much. Um, I, I'd probably say, whew, probably like, no offense, and I'm not saying that this isn't a lot of money, but probably no more than like, 60 is is very entry level role and i was going to do it as long as it was remote i was like ah you know i do need to start working and you know, bills are just piling up every day i gonna start working but just to let y'all know it's it's not that uh, i can't move uh, but i'm kind of in a position where i really can't move right now is uh, yeah it's just uh, i've expressed it before it's like some legal issues i got going on um yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's some garbage. Um so it it's not that I can't it wouldn't be in the best interest uh of me and my family right now for me to be moving around until we get some situations figured out and then oh hell yeah. Yeah, then once things are figured out then yeah, we can we can do what it do, whatever, you know, whatever works out. So um looking at the forex um it's doing okay. Uh, doing pretty well. Uh, let me see. Looking at my short position right now. I'm naked, uh, short. Um, I'm I'm not sure, but I think I may see a small pullback. Not nothing too crazy uh, right now. Again, I'm looking at USD uh, JPY. Really, just sticking with that right now because um, you know I don't know a whole lot about forex, so. I'm not going to try to attack it and go crazy. Uh, so I'm kind of just sticking with USD JPY. Just kind of get the feeling for it. Um, if you ever trade mm-hmm. stocks, you'll notice. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's another 
bill collector. Oh gosh, all these bills. It's all good. Um, I'm gonna have to figure something out. Um, so um, if you you know you trade some stocks, you notice that you know uh, one stock may trade like this. Uh, ABC stock trades like this. XYZ stock trades like that. Like a lot more volatility, craziness, and whatnot. So I still have to figure out these other currency pairs and how they trade, but I'm trying to get a feel just for the Forex market. I understand, you know, it's the same concept as everything else, buy low, sell high, sell high, buy low. But um, it's um, that's almost like saying um, all, all women are the same or all, you know, it's like generalizing something. You know what I'm saying? Um, you have to find, wow. This huge red block just came out of nowhere. Uh, it's approximately 10.02 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, that was crazy. It's Now it's wondering, are the sellers going to hold it? It doesn't look like they're able to hold it. The body is getting shorter. Um, and the only reason I, I was like, wow, was because um, I had a long position in and I closed it. Uh, just hedging it. Just... You know, uh, I was a little busy and I was like, man, just in case this thing shoots up, let me go ahead and put a hedge in. And I ain't going to lie. I put in another hedge position in, uh, and uh, lost a couple of dollars. Um, but, yeah, I'm naked right now, um, short. Um, and uh, I'm down approximately 370 pips. And I was just down about 380. And this huge red block came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, supposedly another company that I'm applying for has a great culture. Um, that's what I'm looking for right now. Culture is, it's, it, uh, I, I got an email about a career fair coming up. That would be great. Resume writing, creative, effective resumes, how to ace a virtual interview. Oh gosh. Uh, and all these career fairs are not even till like end of February. Like I need something now, you know, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to I keep um, taking distributions and like I'm getting taxed on it. Um, uh, this stuff is not good. It is not bueno. No bueno. Um, OK, cool. So let me go back. OK, so the sellers on that USDJP where are not being able to hold it. Um I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stay naked short, um, see what it how it goes, um, cause it uh, USDJPY had a spike, uh, this morning, huge spike, uh, and it did pretty well, it did pretty well. I mean, nothing crazy. I'm still just learning, um, but I I was able to get out of my long position, uh, at a positive. Now, am I making the four hundred, five hundred, eight hundred dollars that I could have made if I would have, you know, did everything correctly? No, I'm making ten dollars here, twenty dollars there, thirty dollars there, you know, sixty dollars there, taking a loss of ten dollars there, taking a loss of twenty dollars there. Um, so I'm still just learning. Uh, I will say though, realized, um, actually realized cash. I'm up approximately. Uh, 3% actually funds that are realized. A lot of times I don't realize it unless it's in the green. Uh, 
but you know, I, I've taken some licks. Uh, on the short position, I'm actually down. Let me see. Um, let me see. I'm down about two percent. Um, so yeah. Um, I'm just chilling. Oh, that. Oh, the sellers are holding. The sellers are holding. I'm I'm down approximately about three sixty five pips, three sixty seven, three sixty eight. Whoa, those sellers are holding. So I'm I'm gonna leave that short position alone. Um, it would be nice to put in another short position, uh, and see if it rides. But I'm gonna be cool. I'm not gonna do nothing crazy. Uh, it's, uh, watch once I figure out this forex shit and actually like can figure out what news or what information. Is channeling these changes in the markets. Um, so like, for example, I went to, um, I just typed in USDJPY news. Uh, I don't know why the broker just doesn't have the information on their website. Um, there's a couple things. This is FX Street. Um, uh, let's see. But I was reading it earlier and they were just talking about some news that, um, the Japanese yen weakens to a near two-week low against the U.S. dollar on Thursday, though a combination of supporting factors helps limit any further losses. Um, I don't know. Uh, wait, one second. Let me look for another. Um, let's go to forex.com. See what they're talking about. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not huge on grammar or whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I saw a couple of um, missed typos, and I was like, wait a minute. Uh, but um, let me see. Uh, article on Forex.com written by Matt Weller. I wonder if, uh, if there's any relation um, to this uh, to this spirit. Um, Japanese yen analysis, USDJPY, uh, flows. Uh, I don't even know what that is, what that let me see. I gotta, I gotta Google that one. Repatriation. Oh, okay. Repatriation. Um, okay. Re Repatriation flows versus bullish technicals. Okay. Key points: Japanese insurers may have to repatriate funds after the New Year's Day tsunami. I think that's what it was—the tsunami. Uh, and earthquakes in Western Japan. I'm sorry about that. All else equal, these flows could weigh on USDJPY, but the technical outlook of USDJPY is tentatively bullish with room up toward 145 if today's breakout holds. Okay, so he called it at, he called it yesterday at 926 a.m. Wow. He called it. Great job, Mr. Weller. Okay, I see you. I see you. You in the mix. All right. So in this morning, it broke out. Okay. Okay. I feel you. Um. Okay. Uh, the sellers aren't able to hold as much. It's cool. It's cool. I'm just going to go ahead and keep my position. Just hold my position. It's a huge shoot up. And then once um, once I can kind of get out of the positions at a positive, uh, then I can uh start fresh and reassess. And move forward and say, okay, we did it. You did a great job. Okay, now how are we going to do this moving forward? And hopefully we won't be taking these huge losses or whatnot. 
I mean, I haven't realized them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, you know, we'll figure that out. So, cool. Um, but on the other note, uh, let me keep going. Uh, basically, Japanese uh, markets remain closed for an extended holiday to start the new year. But traders may see some unusual flows when they reopen tonight. As a result of the tsunami and series of earthquakes in Western Japan on Monday, the country has experienced significant human and property damage. Without downplaying the tragic human cost of the natural disaster, it's also worth understanding the financial cost to Japan insurers. Insurance companies receive upfront payments for premiums and can then invest that float to earn a return until they need to pay out claims. Wait, I'm not sure if I'm understanding that because of the tragedy, um, the understand the financial cost, insurance companies receive upfront payments for premiums and can then invest that float uh float um i forget what that term means but uh, i'm familiar with it that float to earn a return until they need to pay out claims oh whoa savage if i'm reading this correctly essentially the usd jpy is going to increase because of the tragedy it's going to have Insurance companies receive upfront premiums that they can invest in JPY in the Japanese yen. However, we do have to be prepared for when they may have to withdraw those funds to satisfy their claims, their the the need that they got to pay out now. That is savage. That wow. If that's how I'm reading it correctly, that's madness. With Japanese interest rates have hovering at 0% for most of the past three decades, wow, Japan's insurers tend to invest outside of the country. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's the whole thing with the USD JPY is how many Japanese yen does it take to make the one USD? And if the Japanese yen is, you know, if they're... Um, investing in USD, then uh, it should shoot the pair up um, uh, because it's going to start taking more Japanese yen. You know, right now it's 143. Wait, let me see. Let me go back. What is it? 144.684 Japanese yen to make one USD. So the more and more they do it, it's going to take more and more Japanese yen. It's going to take 145, then 146, then 147, all the way up until the point where people say, okay, it's getting ridiculous. It's costing us way too much to have to convert our Japanese yen into the USD. And then you'll start seeing it come down. And then not to mention all the payouts that they're going to have to do and whatnot. I'm still figuring out this Forex thing. All right. Uh, Sam, and let me see real quick. Um, but when there is a big natural disaster, they have to uh, repreciate their funds, sell foreign assets, often U.S. bonds, and buy back yen, which is going to send it down. Um, if I'm correct, the pair, because uh, they're going to be selling off their USD, buying back the yen, um, if I'm correct, if I'm correct, I'm not sure. Some analysts are speculating that these repreation flows are contributing to the uptick in U.S. bond yields uh, drop in bond prices to start the year. 
So, it looks like they're saying, basically, they're saying that this may go up to, like, 145. Uh, let me see. Last thing real quick. Uh, despite the potentially bearish implications from reparation flows, USDJPY's chart is showing signs of churning higher after spending the last seven weeks of 2023 in a clear downtrend. The first sign of potential reversal emerged late last week when USDJPY failed to break definitely below the previous trend low of 141, forming a bullish divergence, which its 14-day RSI in the process. For the uninitiated, a bullish divergence occurs when an asset makes a lower low in its price, but a momentum oscillator makes a higher low. This combination signals a bull, let me assume something bullish that selling pressure is waning and is often near a near-term low in the market. Since we flipped our calendars to 2024, we've seen USDJPY rally yesterday and extend its gain so far today with rates currently peaking out above the bearish trend line that has capped the pair since mid-November. A close near current levels would open the door for a bullish continuation to start the new year with potential for an initial rally towards previous support resistance at 145 next. Written by Matt Weller, Global Head of Research. Follow Matt on Twitter at MW... I'm sorry... M. Weller FX. Okay, Matt. Well, I have to commend you. I don't know. He's, he's been kind of right. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy that technical analysis really runs Forex compared to what actually is going on. Because if, I mean, if I'm correct, um, if the the what is if they're pulling out of the USD and putting it into the yen um what that would that bring the USD JPY uh pair down and if they were purchasing the USD it would bring it up the pair up uh I'm not sure but regardless of all that just based on it not reaching lower lows um uh people bought it just basically saying that hey it's the technicals are saying that it's time for this to go up um not even mentioning the insurance companies maybe selling their american bonds and putting it in yen um which I think would be shorting the position. I'm still trying to figure this all out. Okay. Well, that's random and that's nuts. And I really feel for those families out there in Japan dealing with these earthquakes and tsunamis. Um, let me see what else. Um, economic calendar, uh, January 4th. Uh, let's see. We got ADP employment. Don't know what ADP is. Initial jobless claims. Oh, it's Thursday. That's usually... Okay, that's when they do the initial jobless claims. Okay, um, let's see how jobless claims went. Well, well, let's see what ADP employment is. What is ADP employment? Uh, the ADP Empl National Employment Report is an independent measure of the change in the U.S. private employment and pay derived from actual anonymized payroll data 
of client companies served by ADP, a leading provider of human capital management solutions. Okay. Um, okay. Don't know exactly what all that means, but it sounds like it's something from the private employment, uh, actually in, in payroll data. Um, let's see if we can see what the report did. Um, private employers added 164,000 jobs in December. Job gains rose for the fourth straight month, led by a health bump in leisure and hospitality hiring. Construction held strong in the face of high interest rates, but manufacturing continued to struggle, noting another month of loss. Uh, we're returning to a labor market that's very much aligned with pre-pandemic hiring. While wages didn't drive the recent bout in inflation, now that pay growth has retreated, any risk of wage price spiral has all but disappeared. Neela Richardson, chief economist of ADP. Okay. Um, so it sounds positive, if I'm correct. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't want to, um, again, I'm, I'm doing research and I'm learning. Um, now we have the initial jobless claims. Um, report, let's see. The initial jobless claims report. Let me do something real quick uh, that may make this a little bit easier. I'm going to go to our heart radio. And I'm going to Bloomberg Radio, where we give the news 24 hours a day. Uh, one second. Natural gas base here in the U.S. in uh, some of those shale basins, uh, as Vince was saying, there's a lot of demand there and there's a need for scale, particularly from some of these smaller companies. So, again, saw another deal today. APA to buy shale oil driller Callan Petroleum for $4.5 billion. So good stuff there. WTI crew just to round out the discussion on energy, kind of flat today, $72.77. So we'll keep on top of the energy complex. This is Bloomberg. Let's get some company news right now with Lisa Mateo. You got it, Paul. Talk about a rough week. Let me see. We get more from Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow. Piper Sandler in sort of solidarity with Barclays that was the leader. All right, I'm going to go ahead and keep moving on. All right, uh, let's see the let's see the uh, jobless claims report. See what, um, oh, wow, this is a real report. Okay, I'm not going to read that one. That's for real, for real. Uh, I'm just going to go to like Reuters. Let's see. Weekly U.S. jobless claims at two month low. Wait. So people are getting jobs. Labor market gradually easing. Wow. And you know what's funny? I've been getting emails lately, like return emails like, hey, what's up, man? Are you still available? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Nobody's hired me yet. Like for real? Bye. Oh, shit. Damn. It's funny how that works. Uh, weekly jobless claims fall 18,000. Uh, to 202,000, wait, call, okay, I'll see, continuing claim dropped 31,000 to 1.855 million, private payrolls increased 164,000 in December, let me see real quick, the number of Americans filing new claims for unemployment benefits fell more than expected last week, suggesting the labor market conditions remain fairly tight, even as demand, that's bullshit, they could have just easily ran out of uh, unemployment benefits. I, I know some people say they get unemployment benefits longer than six months or whatnot. How do you know they're, they're just not tapped out? 
Uh, and they're just like, screw it. We need, is there another jobless claims report? Basically, the amount of people who are without work that aren't fine. Like, let me see that real quick. I just want to ask Google. Is there a report for people who are jobless who are not filing jobless claims? Let me see. Let me see. Um, n- nothing came up. Uh, all right, I'll get to that because that may not be true. But let, let me keep moving forward. And uh, who is this article written by? Lucia uh, Mutukani uh, with Reuters. Um. Uh, this was written on January 4th to today uh, with the report from the Labor Department on Thursday, also showing the number of people on unemployment rolls remained elevated towards the end of December. Financial markets continued to anticipate the Federal Reserve would start cutting interest rates in March. The government reported on Wednesday that job openings fell to a near three year low in November. All right. Well, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm, there is more to the article, but I'm just going to keep moving on. Um. I've heard this statement made, you know, when you hear it once and you keep hearing it over, I think it's, uh, don't fight the fed. Um, they're going to start cutting rates. I'm wondering, what does that mean? Is it true? I don't know anymore. Um, all right, let's see if there's any other news. Uh, S and P final U S services PMI. What the hell is that? That that came out at nine forty five. All right, give me one second. I'm just uh. Da, 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 da. All right, what is the S and P U S Services PMI? The S and P Global Services Purchase Managers. Oh, that's what it's Purchase Managers Index. I, I've read about this before. Release on monthly is a leading indicator gauging business activity in the U S services sector. All right, well, then how did it go? Let's see. Um, and I don't know how to read these reports. Um, f- previous was 50.8. Forecast was 51.3. And the actual was 51.4. The service PMI released in published monthly by the market economics market with the i instead of the e or is it marquee uh the data are based on surveys of over 400 executives and private sector service companies the surveys cover transport and communications final financial intermediaries business and um, personal services computing it hotels and restaurants an index level of 50 donates no change since the previous month, while a level above 50 signals an improvement and below 50 indi- indicates a deterioration. A reading that is stronger than forecast is generally supportive bullish for the USD, while a weaker than forecast reading is generally negative bearish for the USD. Okay, so they're saying basically there was no change. Uh, and if I'm correct, uh, the S and P purchases market, I think it, uh, covers like payroll. I'm not sure what it covers, uh, purchases, uh, and whatnot. I have to do some more research on that, but apparently it looks like there's no big major difference in that. So with that news, we got to go look at the S and P 
I mean, let's just see what it's doing today. Uh, CNBC. Again, I have no. It just it's just easy for me. CNBC just it's user friendly. Um, is up 021 percent. So people are okay. Private payrolls added 164,000 in December, beating expectations. Okay. So, um, where do we go from here? What does all this information mean? Um, you know, just, but it's all good. Um, all right. Uh, let me, let me check my trades. Uh, my thing stopped out. Um, um, did I do something wrong? I'm not sure if that stopped out correctly. It looks like it stopped out. Um, let me see. Uh, JetBlue. What the hell? I'm making sure that this thing didn't stop out incorrectly. Because uh, I did make it a market trade. And sometimes that's why you got to be very careful with those stop orders that are market trades. Because, again, it's a market. The next order may not be the what you wanted it to be. Uh, and I hope this thing doesn't tell me I took a loss. Because that would be some bullshit. Because I could have easily just got assigned. I'm trying to lower my cost basis in the first place. I hope it didn't mess up. I'm going to go here. You don't want to take a look at it with me real quick. Oh, gosh. Uh, the, again, this is one reason why you want to be very careful with stop market orders. Because you have your stop in at the right place. But the market order, you don't know what it could be. You know, you you imagine that it'll be somewhere close. Okay, no, I didn't take a loss. Didn't get the gain I wanted, though. Uh, but didn't take a loss. Okay, cool. I was expecting to make approximately... What was it? Uh, it was a dollar. Um, I, I believe. I can't remember. I was expecting to try to get a 35 cents out of it. So that would have been about 35%. Ended up getting 15%, which is fine. Uh, but that's how hell of a difference a market order could make. Because I could have easily just put it as a limit order, a stop limit, or a trailing stop or something. I don't know. And uh, say, okay, Stop here, but don't sell any lower than this much, and that would have more solidified my thirty dollar percent. I mean, my thirty percent, whatever. When you do the market, the thing, especially sometimes, I think with contracts, they can just jump all over the place. Um, but it's all good. Um, okay. Uh, let me see. Anything else? Uh, JetBlue. Um. I got the put at strike price six. Currently, right now, is at uh, underlying markets at five ten. Uh, I'm surprised they. I have not got assigned. I don't know why they haven't assigned me yet. It's cool. I'll collect the premium if they want me to. Um, that's the same thing I would have did with MRO. I would have just collected the premium if they wanted me to. But it's all good. Um, yeah. So, for example. Um, I'm down on the JP, I mean, not the JP Morgan, the JetBlue contract, approximately 65%, you know, so the, I sold the contract for 76 cents, uh, and I'm down approximately, um, 
64 cents. But even if I went down, I mean, it's, it's, you know, let's say I went down all the way to 76 cents. Let's say this contract is worth $500. Um, it doesn't matter, uh, to me, I'll, I'll just, um, I'll collect the premium and, uh, get assigned. Um, and then what that'll do is lower my cost basis right now. My cost basis is at $7 and 76 cents, uh, per share. And that will lower my cost basis prior to, I don't know, uh, was, let me do it one more time. $7.76 plus $6 equals $13.76 divided by two. Uh, that should give me a cost basis of approximately $6 and 88 cents. It'll bring it down and then I'll go in there and try to sell another contract. If I want to, we could take a look at the contracts right now for JetBlue. And see if there's any good ones out there right now. Um, uh, expiring tomorrow, there is nothing. So I could even sell a contract, uh, and it doesn't matter, um, even if there's no buyer. So, for example, let's say I, um, you gotta like, what do they say? Uh, closed mouths don't get fed. You gotta put contracts out there. So, JetBlue. Like right now, um, I'll say, look, if you want, come get, um, uh, what is it, $7.76? Let me see. Uh, if you want my JetBlue, you can come get it. Uh, what's a, what's a good price? Uh, let's say, let's say $10 minus $7.76 equals $2.24 times um let's say a hundred that'd be two hundred and twenty four dollars yeah it's okay all right but there's nobody buying this contract but let's say i i, I put it out there right ten dollars strike price ten dollars um i'm gonna sell it for um i'll sell it for what's a good amount you think a dollar Somebody wants it for a dollar, so then I can get a I can get a dollar, then I can get the two something. That'd be three hundred. That'd be pretty good. I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there for ninety nine cents. Not saying anybody's gonna get it, so I'll sell one contract. Remember, you gotta multiply by a hundred for ninety nine cents, and I'm gonna make that good till close. You want it? Come get it. Boom! Send it off. All right, it's out there. And what's crazy at, no, okay, so somebody, uh, here, let me see. Somebody put in a contract for five cents. So, yeah, so mine isn't showing. But if I would put it in for four cents, I would see it literally on the market. So, again, the lowest ask price is the lowest price that a seller is willing to accept. Ask, accept. And the Bid price is the highest price that a buyer is willing to pay. So, a uh, bid buy. Okay, so right now there's no buyers for my contract. I put it in for 99 cents, and someone put in uh, a contract for five cents to sell. A, 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 I put one contract out there for 99 cents, and uh, essentially, this asshole. It's like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Put it said, I'll, I'll, I'll accept five cents. I say, okay, fine. You want five cents? Now, if I wanted to, I could put it in for four cents, but I'm not going to do that. Um, 
I'll just move mine down a little bit. Uh, I'll move it down to 49 cents. Because maybe I'm being a little ridiculous with the 99 cents. I'll move it to 49 cents. Okay, I'll make that good to close. I'll send it off. Bada bing. And right now, uh, nobody's buying it. Actually, someone might buy it for two cents. I don't know if that's true. Wait, real quick. Something just came across the news. Uh, I think there might have been a bombing somewhere. Uh, looks like there was a bombing in Iran. Or something. I'll take a look at that. Alright. So I'm gonna go ahead and take a quick break. I um I I am gonna get better at uh trading while creating content. Uh I will get better at it. Just just give me some more time. It's no rush. It's no rush. The good news is uh uh what is it? Tyrone got a job. Alright. <laughs> Tyrone got a job. Let's go rob him. Um, jobless claims reports are, are easing. You know what I'm saying? Well, see, that's a jobless claim reports. I mean, like, that's like, I don't know how to describe it. I could be wrong. It's like you're trying to holler at a girl, you know what I'm saying, or a guy. You know, I know I don't, I don't know if women really holler at guys, but um, it's like um, if you're trying to holler at a girl and, you know, she's like, oh, my gosh, I got all these claims. Everybody's trying to claim me. You know what I'm saying? And then, it, and then eventually people just, you know, uh, it just cools down. It's not necessarily that we still don't want to holler at the girl. It's just, I shot my shot and I keep bricking. And eventually you just say, you know what? I'm just going to stop filing claims and I'm just going to move forward. Or I've exhausted my claims and, you know, I'm tapped out and I'm just going to keep moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not that I, I I found a job, or it's not that I'm not interested in the young lady, um, or the geriatric lady. It's just that I, I I'm tired of filing claims. I'm tired of it. Doing the whole other business. I got a weekly. I gotta keep applying for jobs. I've I've applied <laughs> for every company. Now I'm just going in a circle and just going back around applying for the same jobs. I'm going to the interviews, uh, and also I need to do it too. It's, the unemployment office. The, some of these names out here got to be revamped. Like savings account really should be called settlement. Because if you tell people you're just settling your funds here, what does that give them the idea that they're doing? It gives them the idea that that means they're just supposed to settle their money here until when? Until further notice. When you put savings account on a settlement account, what does that get people to do? That gets them to get the notion that I'm supposed to use this account to save my money. Look at the savings account. What's on there? 0.00001%. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like, why am I lending my money to this? That's why it should be called your settlement account. But whatever. Here, nay, see, say, she, say, who, say. I don't know. The unemployment office. It's truly the unemployment office, but it's not just for unemployed people. The office is amazing. I haven't been to the one in Maryland. I went to one in another state. Um, it was fantastic. And there were so many people in there who were employed, but they were looking for other opportunities and they wanted to sit down with an, uh, uh, an interviewer and just talk, just talk. And then, you know, what ended up happening? Some people brought in some board games. They weren't even going over their resume or nothing. And I was like, is this normal? They're like, yeah, people come in here all the time just to hang out. They just, they want to be in the right environment. 
You know, they just want to be in the right environment. And when they're done with their board game, they may want to just come over and sit down with us and go over their resume and uh, go over interview questions and how to respond to them. And these people got jobs. You know, I was in there with no job. I ain't had no job. So that's what brought me to the unemployment office. And I remember the interviewer even said, when I got my job, the interviewer came to me and was like, hey, I want to let you know, keep coming back, man. You know, it was a good experience. Like, yo, keep coming back. Don't feel like just because you got your job, it's over now. You know, you can keep coming back to the unemployment office and we can sit down and we can still go over your resume because resumes change yearly. If you talk to an interviewer, like like a resume writer, they can tell you like what year your resume is. I'm not maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but they can say, yeah, oh, you put the unemployment. I mean, you put your employment at the top and your education at the bottom. Yeah, we haven't really done that since like 2022. Now what people are doing is, uh, oh, you don't even got no graphs. Yeah, see, we put graphs on our resume now or whatever it is. They they can look at your resume and tell you basically what year your resume is. So even going into 2024, I got to go on LinkedIn and find out what the new resume is looking like. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But yeah, it's all good. We're going to get to it. So I'm going to get to these markets real quick and just keep my eye on them and just try to see if I can get anything done. It gets real difficult. You know what I'm saying? It's just a whole lot going on. But God is good. And um, we're just going to keep moving forward. Um, God bless. And trust me, I know I can be, I know I'm a hypocrite, you know, with the attitude and all the stuff I'm doing. Trust me, I'll have to deal with that with my maker. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'll take care of all that. But God bless. Thank you so much for anything and everything that y'all do. And to everybody who's decided to stop by, uh, I have noticed um, due, due to my analytics, I have lost a bunch of listeners. They've a bunch of them just fell off like ASAP, but I'm not mad at all. The holidays were here. You know, people probably are not sitting around listening to podcasts all day. You know, it's all good. It's all good. Um, we're moving forward. Uh, we're doing well. Thank you again. Um, I'll be back in a little bit. Uh, just I just want to get focused real quick. I like I got to dive in um, so I can get a feel of the market. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, real quick yesterday. I dozed off. When I woke up, I didn't even try to trade. You know, I, I, yeah, let me think. I, me, no, I, I didn't even try to trade. I I just was like, you know what? Because I lost the feel. You can't like, you can't just like wake up out of a nap and try to hop into the market and just immediately be like, oh yeah, I know. I, well, I can do anything. I can do it all. Nah, nah. I lost. I don't know what the, what the flow of the market was. So I was like, you know what? I lost it. Uh, I just, I literally dozed off at like 9.30 a.m., woke up at like like 12.30 p.m., and and I, I was like, you know what, Chan, today is just one of them days. We're not even going to just let it go and, uh, you know, shoot your shot again tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get in here, try to get focused. I'll let y'all know if, uh, what's going on or what I did or what I'm thinking or whatever. So, thank y'all again. Y'all have a wonderful day. This is Chan Man, House of Bar. Blah! I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Coolamate Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. 
The title of the book is Langston Mankson's Coolamate Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mankson's Coolamate Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mankson and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mankson sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mankson and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mankson, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mankson learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mankson set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mankson's Coolamate Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mankson's Coolamate Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors it is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mankson, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mankson's Coolamate Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mankson's Coolamate Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and, and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mankson's Coolamate Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success 
and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, You can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless.